0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stallbaum
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's a beautiful Monday, March 7th, and we're so glad you've taken time out of your busy day to join us on Morning Breath. Morning Breath is a drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day, what we do is we read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time Thinking about it, talking to Jesus, listening, seeing if there's something in there that God wants to say to us, which is all the time. And then we come down to the studios here at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. We don't prepare a message. We just prepare our hearts, and we trust the Holy Spirit to lead us through it. I I have a special co-host today. My friend here, Luke Romanoff, is going to be doing the program with me. I just want to say a couple things about him. Luke is a young man with a call on his life that is growing in that call and uh, wanted to be involved in doing Morning Breath. And I just wish I would have asked him before he asked me, but he did ask me. And I said, absolutely, would love to do Morning Breath with you. And so I just want to introduce everybody to, to uh, Luke Romanoff. How are you doing today?
0: Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Awesome.
1: Thanks. So tell the folks how to get involved in Morning Breath, Luke.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking to get more connected, you can check out the East Coast app or check us out on eccc.us for more information on events, past sermons, and even more Morning Breath episodes. You can also find East Coast Christian Center on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Or you can call us at 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060, and we can email you or snail mail you for more information about East Coast Devos or Morning Breath schedule.
1: Isn't that great? Uh, Everybody, all young people, call it snail mail you. I love it. (laughs) And I've never had a young person, young, why I say young, 40 and under, come in that doesn't call it snail mail. And it is a great description for what it is (laughs) in comparison. I mean, my wife emails me in the living room, when I'm in the other room and it goes bam, it's there, and it's not like a snail. It's more like the speed of light. Could you almost.
0: imagine if emails had three-day shipping?
1: Oh, that would that would not be good. <laughs> we wouldn't use them. We'd stick with snail mail, man. Well, no, forty cents. We we still do. We still do email, though. When you consider what a phone costs and all the stuff you tie in, they're probably forty cents each anyway. Now, a couple of announcements that we've got, we want to make you aware of. Night of Worship is this Wednesday. That's the 9th at 6.30. We're going to have food trucks out in the parking lot available so you can come early and have something to eat. One of of the joys of my life, uh, I don't know, I think Luke knows this, but he might not. One of the joys of my life is watching Luke worship. Luke is a worshiper, and I love watching him up front. A lot of the young people kind of crowd to the front of the uh, auditorium or, you know, sanctuary, whatever you want to call it, and uh, just worship the Lord with all their heart. He's one of the guys. I love uh, watching that. We also have live and walk by faith course at East Coast Christian University this Thursday. So if you're looking to get an education, either accredited or you can just audit it and come in and audit the classes. Great way to grow. In fact, such a good course because I wrote it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did write it, but it is a great course, and faith is such an important part of who we are and what we do in the body of Christ. Now, we're going to read. We have 43 verses, Luke, and I'm going to split it. At, at I'll read 20, first 21, and then you get to read it from 22 on. So you're going to pick it up at 22. I'm reading New King James. You're reading? NLT. NLT, which stands for? New Living Translation. New Living Translation. Not the old one.
0: No, the not new one. The, the new. That's
1: good. I like it. I with the old and with the new. There, I love it. So real quick, why was a living translation written? Uh, I know that's a tough question. It was actually written so that the gentleman who wrote it, look that up who the writer is. It just slipped my mind. Uh, Nick's going to do that. Wrote it so his children could understand the word. He read the word to him every night, and they had so many questions about, uh, you know, in other lang, you know, right. in the Old King James and such. He re- rewrote it in a way it, that his kids could understand. That was the living translation.
0: Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's and
1: I appreciate it too. It's a great reading Bible. Did you find it? No, it's a guy. <laughs> uh, you keep looking, and you can just yell at us in a little bit. Um, uh, don't go New Living. Do Living Translation. That's going to help you um, because yeah, Just Living, they've changed it since then and made it the New Living Translation, and I think improved it in many ways. But he was so condemned by Christians hmm. for writing a Bible in that form That he had actually lost his voice for almost months, maybe even two years, from the persecution he received from writing a Bible that wasn't, you know, old King James type of Bible. And so, pretty wild stuff. And he's written other children's books. Great, I think, a great man, uh, a trailblazer in the area of writing translations, understood. By the masses. Yeah. Did you find it? Yeah, Kenneth N. Taylor, that's there his name. There we go.
0: So we got morning breath, we got scripture, and a history lesson. There How we go. That? All,
1: all, all in one. So I'm going to get started if yeah. you'll help me. Well, if I say unto you, sir, read. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones." When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, "What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, you I implore you by God that you do not torment me." For he said to him, "Come out of the man unclean spirit." Then he asked him, "What is your name?" And he answered, saying, "My name is Legion, for we are many." He also begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, "'Send us into the swine that we may enter them.' And at once Jesus gave them permission." Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart their region. And when he had gotten to the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might go with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was beside the sea. Then a leader of the local
0: synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she ever had to pay them, but she's only gotten worse, no better. In fact, she gotten even worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him and through the crowd and touched his robe. For that she thought to herself, if I can merely just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel it in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How could you ask such a question as, Who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at her realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger has arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, Your daughter is dead. There is no use in troubling the teacher now. But Jesus has overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go farther with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all the commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him and, but when he made them all leave and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying, holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha, come which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and he told them to give her something to eat. Amen.
1: amen. Wow, good amen. So I'm going to put you on the spot right off the bat, Luke. What, in that chapter, there's a lot of stuff, great stuff going on in the chapter. W- was there something in there that jumped out to you personally as you read it?
0: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that jumped out me to me was some of the part that you were reading which was right where in verse 19 where Jesus responds to the man who just got healed. He says, no, go home to your family and tell them everything that the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Um, I heard once from a pastor that he said that the the miracle is amazing, but the message always lasts longer. And you see right after that, that the whole city is saved. later when, Later into Mark, we see that... <laughs> that the whole city gets saved when Jesus returns. So that story had a lot more impact than the miracle itself. The miracle saved one man of trouble, but the story behind it, the testimony, if you will, saved many. And I think that is amazing because he could have just followed Jesus and given up on it.
1: Very, (laughs) very, very very cool. Great, great observation. So in verse 20, how does it read in the New Living?
0: In the New Living it says, So the man started off to a visit of ten towns of the region... of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was everyone was amazed at what he had told them. So
1: notice it said 10 towns. Yeah. Decapolis is deck, Deca, which is, you know, uh, decathlon, which is 10 events. Um, I don't understand totally Greek language and Hebrew and all that stuff. But not only was one town impacted, he went through all towns 10 towns and saw them impacted. So I think that that multiplies your point by even, right. you know, by a 10 factor on what one person can do. The other thing that stands out to me in this chapter is how many times Jesus tells folks, don't, don't tell anybody else about this. Now the woman with the issue of bloody didn't really have an option because it happened in a crowd. And so in that situation, he can't turn to her and say, don't tell anybody because no, everybody saw it. everybody saw it happen. But when he raises a little girl from the dead, he commanded them strictly that no one should know it. And that's that's always so interesting to me in the in the world we live in and, and in, in the church, I mean, testimonies are powerful. Um, recently, I saw one that, that brought me to tears last two weekends ago about a family in the church. And it, it's so valuable to me to hear that. I think the, one of the reasons, anyway, Jesus is saying, don't say anything, is because he was already having a hard time managing the crowds that were following him. But the danger I see in the church today is when we use people to promote ourselves. Sometimes testimonies are given so that, oh, look, somebody got healed when I laid hands on them. And so then more people will come to me to hear the gospel or come to my church. I think that's a very dangerous track. To go on, and I don't think we should ever use those things in a negative way, but the value of testimony is so, so powerful. A little later in the book of Mark, um, Jesus feeds 5,000, then he feeds 4,000, and then the disciples get in a boat. And they're going to the other side and they start arguing, like, "Who is supposed to bring the bread? We only have one loaf. And Jesus said, don't you remember? See, remembering incredible things is powerful. So Jesus isn't against the testimony. Jesus isn't against, obviously, with the demoniac, he sends him home and says, tell everybody. But when he was on the This side of the river, because it's this side of the sea, uh, verse 21, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him by the sea. Now he's trying to manage a big crowd. And when the crowd got too big, ministry couldn't happen. I'll give you an example If we were to invite, uh, pick somebody, uh, Joyce Meyer, to East Coast Christian Center's campus, any of our campuses, uh, our largest uh, building is here on Merritt Island at the time, we would not have ministry. We would have a riot, people trying to, you know— Six thousand people trying to get into a six hundred and fifty seat auditorium, right. and ministry wouldn't happen. So I think, practically speaking, it was uh, it was one of those things where he just said to the you know to the other person that that got healed, the the little girl that was raised from the dead to her parents, don't tell anybody. And so, very interesting. The other thing that I think is interesting is not long ago. Uh, we did something in church, pastors Matt and Jessica. Uh, remember the name? Uh, Alexia Divina. Yeah, Alexia Divina, which is very old way of studying the Word. Not that different than morning breath, actually. Um, but we did this portion of Scripture we did. in one of our services. And one of the things that stood out to me when we did that was I'm a dad— I get to Jesus. I'm a man of authority. I'm Jairus. I I run the synagogue. And Jesus says, I will come with you and do this. But some woman who is illegally in the crowd, because she's not supposed to be around people when she's bleeding. She has to be living somewhat of a lie and hiding her condition, breaks in and stops Jesus from coming to heal my daughter. Hmm. One of the things I felt when I thought about that was I would be angry. Yeah. And I would really have to fight that. Um, I think that's one of the things that, that we deal with as Christians sometimes. When we're in a, a sanctuary and we see or hear a testimony or see someone get an answer to their prayer or healing in their body, and we still haven't received ours yet. How we respond to that, I think, is an incredible key to us eventually actually receiving what we're going to need to receive in our lives right. And i
0: think the difficult part about that sometimes is we have an idea of how we want it to be seen yes. jairus wanted his daughter to be healed not raised from the dead <laughs> that's exactly you know right mean? where jesus had in mind the whole time what he was doing he knew what was going to happen before it even began and i i wrote that on the side here i just put god's timing because god knew what was going to happen he was prepared that no matter you yeah, know, i mean like like you said like i couldn't imagine being the father when the messenger came <gasps> up yeah like oh i did everything i was supposed to do as a dad i got the person who's capable yep. of healing and i got delayed yep but god was like just because it's not what you expect it doesn't mean it's not coming so like even when we pray for healing today sometimes I've, I've been a part of praying for people and them healed instantly yes and i've been a part of praying for people for years and still struggling with something yes and understanding that we don't necessarily get to decide what that healing looks like but trusting the lord and knowing what it he died on the cross. He was battered, beaten, and bruised for yes, us yes. so that we could be whole. And that's the promise we need to hold on to no matter what it looks like on the day-to-day.
1: I love some of the things he said to this to this dad while he was still speaking. He's talking to the woman who got healed issue of blood. He's still speaking, and some came from the ruler's house and said, trouble the teacher no more. Your daughter died. She's dead. As soon as Jesus heard the word, this is a New King James, that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. Now, I am telling you, that is, that is such incredible advice for us in the world we live in today, because there are tons of stuff going on not the least of which what's going on in Ukraine, uh, you know, even though COVID seems to be on the, on the downward spiral, who knows if there'll be a variance, so our imagination is like, oh, who knows what's going to happen with it. Um, that advice, do not be afraid, only believe. I believe the reason Jesus would say something like that is both fear— and faith attract; hmm. they draw. Yeah. Job said, "That which I greatly feared has come upon me." When we fear something, what we're doing is we're putting our faith in something bad. Yeah, and so it's really fear and faith are almost—I mean—they're twins on the wrong side, opposite sides of the aisle. And so he says. Don't be afraid, only believe. And then he did something pretty amazing. He permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And then he goes into the house. So he's got parents there, the the young girl who is dead, Peter, James, and John, and nobody else is allowed in the house. He comes in. And they, he says, why are you making this commotion and weeping? The child's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. I love the next line. But when he had put them all outside, yeah. <laughs> don't ridicule Jesus, people, because the next step for you is you out of here. And so what happens next is incredible. And we'll be back in just a minute to talk about that.
0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Pineapple Garden Assisted Living and Memory Care Community, located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final
1: thoughts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Luke, I just explained this thing about he uh, doesn't bring all the disciples in, only brings three, Peter, James, and John, really appears the guys that he invested the most in and maybe had the most trust in. He allowed the parents to stay and uh, be be there. The weepers and the mourners, the professionals, they were kicked out. Why? I think you need to
0: be able to separate yourself from distractions and hold on to the people that trust and believe in the same things you do. Yeah. I think when you're surrounded by people who discourage you or against your faith, it's hard to work. It's hard to have Good faith in anything. Yeah, I mean, negative Nancy's bring everyone down. Yeah. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people who believe, have faith, and trust in the same promises that you do.
1: I think that's a great answer, Luke. Exactly what I believe as well. You know, and and this brings me to when when somebody's in a big, a difficult situation, we very often call some friends. Would you pray for them? Would you pray for them? The other side of it is. I've seen people call a hundred people. They try to get people from Toronto to Miami to, you know, Seattle to the Baja to, and everywhere in between to pray. I would rather have one person that was in full agreement with me praying and believing than 10 people and six of them were, eh, it's maybe this will happen type of thing. And so I would say whenever you're in a difficult situation, pick the right people to be with you. Hey guys, thanks for being with us. God bless you. Great job. Luke Romanoff.
0: Thank you, Pastor Jan. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed
1: today's episode of the morning breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.